Oh, I uh, think this is the most important Velveeta box in the world. You've maybe seen this before here. Um, it's actually part of the prayer of this next two months will be me bringing my confession and forgiveness to somebody who came to our house and tore off the top of this box to write a note. But it's not that. This box is um, my grandma's prayer group's prayer box. So she cut a hole in the top, and they would write prayer requests on and put it into the box. And so it's not really the box. It's the things in the box. Now it's just that the paper are really dirty on top. But luckily, my grandma's was down lower. But in the box is me. And I was living in China at the time. And actually, I don't know, I was thinking, how is this going to go? Thinking about my grandma praying for me and, like, being held up by my grandma in prayer was such a big deal to me. So my grandma had this prayer group, and they would come and pray at her house, right? Simple. And my grandma taught me anything about prayer. And I think pretty much my grandma taught me everything I know about prayer. So um, it's simple. And this few months, this next two months while we do this prayer series, What If Jesus Series About Prayer, I want to participate in a prayers of the people activity here. So much like my grandma writing down prayer requests with her friends and praying through them as a group, prayers of the people are something that churches for many, many years have been doing in church worship services where they go through an order of things and they kind of pray and there's an interaction and it's a written prayer, but then there's places for people to put their own prayer requests in. So we want to participate in prayers of the people these next two months and try it out. And we're going to try out a whole bunch of different ways. Today, I'm going to use the Book of Common Prayer format, and you can feel that in your body, how that is for you. And when we say things like, we pray for the bishop, you can figure out what that means for you, for Platte Park Church, because this is a part of joining in the prayer of the whole world throughout history. So, prayers of the people. This set prayer, it's got a movement, and you'll see it and feel it in a minute. Um, So, we'll try that out. But two things, invitations for you as we get set up for this prayer series. This is just the introduction. This is just the beginning. You don't have to do anything today. But next week, if you would like to come and write down a prayer on a piece of paper... I mean, a Velveeta box was pretty much iconic my grandma. What is iconic Platte Park? I'm not sure what we should create or have to put, you know, the prayers in. But some, if you have an idea, let us know. We'll figure that out. You can write a prayer, put it in the box before church, and hopefully we can then read them during the prayers of the people. And then also, the second invitation is to participate in the prayer. Now, I mean, this is maybe outside of your norm. It's certainly outside of the Platte Park norm. I mean, we do prayers and interactive things, but to do prayers of the people every week for quite a few weeks, it'll be different. So the invitation is for you to participate, to engage, to listen to the words, to speak the words, to be in the group together. All right, so this is introduction week. So what if Jesus was serious about prayer? I think the answer is yes, he was. So are you serious about prayer? That's probably the bigger question. So today we need to do a little bit of a self-assessment. And I know everybody loves doing self-assessments and uh, observing themselves, taking a moment to pause and see where you've been, where you're going, how'd you get here, 
You know, what kind of hurts and what's the obstacles? What, what do you want going forward? What, what's ahead of you? Right? All these are the self-assessment kind of things that are needed at the beginning, at the introduction. You know, my kids right now are taking, you know, little tests at the beginning of the school year that, you know, they'll write something now and then they'll be asked to do it again next May. And then you see this progress in their lives. Now, that's kids. We are adult learners. So we don't necessarily see any progress in our lives, but we hope that we do. It is happening. And when you take an assessment, it sets up the opportunity to see the growth and to observe it. So if you don't like assessments, I've created a few other titles, um, maybe a personal inventory on prayer or a random wandering survey on prayer or an appraisal of prayerfulness. I like those Ps. Or just a prayer checkup, if you're kind of like into car mechanics and just a car checkup, prayer checkup. And then this one I wrote, I thought this was good, but it's not fully on point, but a supplication survey. Supplication has an aspect of prayer. It's not the complete package. but So I actually have this survey printed out, and it sounds like Dave Foote is willing to get together with you and go through this, um, or your group, or you can invite somebody. But simply today, I want to talk through my assessment. Hopefully it starts percolating up things for you as you begin to assess and as we go forward. Um, Three sections today, and if you'd like, you can take one and begin the process for yourself. So beginning the prayer assessment is really a few questions, like where am I at with prayer today? Now, I just told you my grandma's story from like 1997. That's a long time ago. Where am I at today with prayer? You know, what's, what's in my prayer life? What's happening? And maybe a bit of a challenge for you and maybe in your small group is, can you answer in one word, what is your prayer life today? You think about one word and try to find that one word or in groups, I often like to put two words side by side and ask a question like, is your prayer life feel deep or shallow? Does your prayer life feel angry or calm? Does your prayer life feel comfortable or uncomfortable? So what is your prayer life today? That's where we're beginning. And as we roll through, we wonder more things like, what has brought me here? You know, all of you are coming from some faith tradition or no tradition, some experience of prayer or no experience of prayer. What has been your experience bringing you to where you are today? You know, I told you about my grandma. I mean, my most favorite grandparent and person in the world is right here in this box represented, right? So good for me, but what are the stories of who has influenced you? Um, Just thinking about other things. Susie and Lyle are up at Chinese Heritage Camp um, today and tomorrow still. But Susie and I met, and our, our whole relationship really began on Sunday night prayer at University of Wisconsin La Crosse. Like, we did this thing every Sunday night, just gathering with people to pray. Now, it was in a context, right? So we did mostly extemporaneous prayer. We'd pray the Psalms, right? And we'd do things. We'd do activities. But this was our experience forming us. And now here today, as we ask, what has brought us here? Even today, there's been this thing called Lectio for Families, this little app that we've been doing with the kids. So the current thing with us as a family is listening at breakfast to this Lectio 
and praying together and memorizing things. Like, we are practicing things now, and we, Susie and I, wonder, what in the world will the kids talk about in the future, about us and our family time? So we're kind of wondering how that will shake out into the future. But those are things that have brought me here. I think about my dad's prayer. Maybe you can remember. My dad would pray before supper. Do you know what supper is? It's the dinner you eat at 5 o'clock. Not, it's not dinner. Dinner is actually what you eat at noon. It's confusing when you talk to my mom. But my dad prayed every night before supper, and he said, Dear Jesus, thank you for this food. Thank you for this day. Maybe some specific things, like little requests. And then would end, and bless this food to our body. Amen. So, I mean, these are my influences. But as you hear these stories, what have been your influences? What have been the things in your life to bring you here? And then also, who are the people? You know, who has been influential? You know, obviously my grandma, but I have this huge influence from South Korea. And if you've been to South Korea and attended a prayer conference, whew, we stayed up all night praying. Everybody prays all the same out loud at the same time in a big room. It's just loud and energetic. It's just crazy. And some of the influences in me are those experiences with other cultures. You know, who are the people that you've experienced prayer with? And then getting to the more challenging things like what obstacles? What obstacles do you feel block the way right now? You're coming here today and you're like, ugh, prayer. What is that? To do a little self-assessment, what is that? What is blocking the way? What's the obstacle to get over to the other side? You know, I think about right now, I can just list off some obstacles, mine, and then maybe you could make your list with your friends. But my obstacles are my kids, my work, uh, the Trinity, the Holy Trinity of Hulu, Netflix, and Apple TV. <laughs> um, now, you get the idea. There's things that are just obstacles, right? Like hobbies. Um, so, as I think about my kids, there's this great blessing in my life that happened when they became, like, night sleepers. And I would wake up in the morning early once again and have this time of prayer by myself. So that was like a season where that was really interrupted and difficult. Then it opened up to this beautiful thing. But now I have this problem. About a year or so ago, some friends asked, hey, do you want to do the examine together with us at 7 a.m. every morning for whatever number it is? I said, ah, I want to, but I can't because 7 a.m. is like wake up, make breakfast, do Lectio with, for families, make school lunches, right? So I said no. So these are obstacles that are positive and just part of the realities of life. But then there's obstacles that are the other stuff that's more emotional and the blockages. Another part of the questioning is, what are the hot spots of prayer? Maybe where you feel guilty or shame or bad. You know, Labor Day weekend, Denver, what's happening this weekend? We're all going out and getting our reduced-priced ski gear, right? <laughs> if you haven't done it already, you still have till tomorrow. So what do you do when you get ski boots? They, you put your feet in them, and you walk around, and it's awkward, and they ask, oh, are there any hot spots, right? We've all experienced this, I'm sure. We're Coloradans. No, but you can imagine. A hot spot is just where there's a rub, and it's creating a little hot heat, right? It's a rub, a hot spot. 
And so then they're like, oh, okay, and then they do whatever they do to move that around to make it more comfortable. But what are the hot spots of prayer? When you hear this word, it brings something up. It feels uncomfortable. You don't like it. You don't want it. Right? What are those hot spots that you're feeling? As we're beginning this series, we want to be open to what's God's movement. But there's things that are going to be where we pull back. Like, ooh, that hurts. I'm going to pull back. Right? There's a rub. Okay? Maybe you hear something about a certain kind of prayer, and you're like, uh, that is not anywhere in the Bible. I disapprove. Or, I was taught that prayer is like this, and it's not like that. What, what do you do with that? And how, as these hotspots come up, how do you process through? So these are, we're just asking questions today. We're not answering anything. And then another one is baggage. What baggage do I have with prayer? Right? Like, what am I carrying that maybe I just need to let go of? You know, something that I learned as a kid or somewhere along the line or was modeled to me or said to me, and I now just have to set that down in order to move forward as an adult learner in prayer to take the next step. You know, what baggage do you have? What hurts or disappointments? I mean, baggage can be when you are praying and God did not answer and respond. What do you do there? And to, to look at that, to know that and see that. Another question as we then move out of the, the hurts and the disappointments to, you know, going forward, a little bit of vision. What, where would I like to be going next with prayer? Right? Like, you've come this far. Where have you been? Now where are you going? What, what has been the process along the way to get here? And now, where do you want to go? I mean, are you done? You're finished? Or is there something that you want to take on or try to move toward? I mean, the examine um, is something that I'm curious about, right? I want to check into it. I want to do it. But I don't have time yet to commit to it. So it's, it's not happened, but I'm interested. That's an example for me. You know, what's something that you're curious about? Next question, is there something that you feel drawn to, you want to learn or practice but haven't started yet? You know, as you look back in your life with all these influences of people, what have they done that you're like, you know, I just have never set aside that five minutes every morning. Maybe I should try for these two months. And just give some, something a try. Make a commitment and follow through during this two months. And then finally, what do I not know, what do I not understand, or what do I not believe that I need to take the next step in prayer for? Right? The biggest problem is how do I know what I don't know? How do I believe what I don't believe? How do I identify that? It's part of the assessment is to observe in ourselves these things and hear from others, right? That's the place of the community where you're hearing things from people and you're like, oh, I've never thought that or heard that. What? and lean toward it. Rather than putting your arm up and holding it back like baggage, opening up to others. So learning what you don't know and being open, you know, open to letting go of the baggage, open in to listening to others, what they're saying, and to truly listen, um, to opening up to something new, to trying something uncomfortable. I mean, just a few weeks away, I did the body prayer, and that's uncomfortable, Right? to do something in a group, to speak out loud is uncomfortable. Like, these are uncomfortable things. We know this. So just admit it and be an adult learner and move toward it. Um, are you open and willing to take the next step?
Okay, so this is a lot of questions. Man, you probably are overwhelmed with questions already. But we're not done with the assessment. Because assessments need the next thing, which are definitions and ways to pray. Now, I've put together a whole list of things just to kind of quiz you, but it's not a test. Do you know why it's not a test? My grandma would have flunked this test. She didn't know what any of these, well, not, she knew some of these words, but she didn't know a lot of these words. She had this simple prayer of you talk to God, you talk to God with your friends, you talk to God with people at church. These processes and ways weren't part of her faith experience. So it's not a test that you have to pass, but it's a test of, hey, do I know some of these things? And if I don't, what can I learn? What can I lean toward? What can I expand in me from these things? So just looking briefly at a couple of these, like the Lord's Prayer, familiar. We did that last year when we did What If Jesus Serious about um, Psalm, or uh, the Lord's, what did we do last year? <laughs> Sermon on Mount. Sorry, I, there's so many things. See, I fail too in this. Book of Common Prayer, that's the, we're going to use that form in our thing in a bit. You know, confession, repentance, healing, prayer. You might hear that and be like, nope, outside the scope. Okay? How about the Jesus prayer? I wrote it. Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Or have mercy on me, a sinner. Supplication, which is a petition, an ask, a request. Welcoming prayer, that's Thomas Keating. Keaton. Breath prayer. Breath prayer is interesting because, as you'll see in a moment, I actually put it on here twice, so it must be important. Um, but breath prayer, I've, you've heard me say from up here, but my breath prayer for a long time now has been peace. Peace. And just breathing that. So, Hail Mary, you might hear that and be like, yeah, that's so calming. Or you might hear that and have a different thought. Petition, body prayer, putting your body in a position. Uh, liturgy of the hours, praying the hours. This thing that's been happening for years and years where you work through the Psalms and you, you pray these things over and over and it just forms your soul. Listening prayer. There it is again, breath prayer. Whew, something special about breath prayer, I don't know. Praise, that's very important. Um, contemplative prayer, silent prayer, thanksgiving, Lectio Divina, using scripture for prayer. Um, acts and pray. If you, who knows these? This is a quiz. Who knows what acts means? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. How about pray? Praise, repent, ask, yield. Actually, I like the yield a lot. Actually, in that one, I want Y to be first, but it doesn't spell anything. But yield seems so important in the first moments of prayer. But actually, acts, there's a big baggage that I carry now with Acts, and it's not my baggage, it's actually from somebody else. There was a time when, this is 20 years ago, somebody gave a sermon on Acts, how to pray, and they did Acts. And after um, somebody, I was actually on the skiing with somebody, and they were just like tearing apart the sermon, like, that is so simplistic and ridiculous, I can't believe that I wasted my time hearing a sermon on Acts. And I was like, ooh, I thought I looked up to you and respected you, but you, you don't even have space in your soul for something like Acts, a little formula, right? So they thought they were so far beyond, and now I am not, this is the, the total amount of talking about Acts I will ever do up here, right? 
Acts, but baggage, right? I'm carrying baggage. Um, written, scripted, those are, we do prayers that you read here. You, you're familiar with those, spontaneous, extemporaneous. Um, like when you write prayer requests and just go around in a circle and pray for them. Or my personal favorite, historically, popcorn prayer. Um, just so fun to like have a topic or a verse or a theme and then just go around the circle or just around people just saying one sentence things about that. You know, it's like praise, you know, and then you just praise God for all these things. Thanks. Thanks for all. It's just fun. I mean, that's just Christian entertainment. (laughs) Adoration, grades of prayer. This is where the fancy people, Charlie, can work you through the nine grades of prayer. Right? I mean, it's not like Tim and Susie, grotty, but grades of prayer. Did you know that our last name was Gradi? D? Did you know that? It's true. Not grades. Lament, lament, deep waters prayer, centering prayer, blessing prayer, prayer of examine. So as you hear all these things, you're beginning to be exposed to the words that you don't know. Like, I love my grandma. She probably would have been like, what? I don't know what that is. And that's okay. We're living in reality here. We're not like trying to be putting on something bigger than we are. We just want to be who we are, where we've been, and now, where are we going? And the third comes from Psalm 42, which there's a question that's repeated a couple times. Where is your God? And I think as we come to this place of prayer as a church, we realize that prayer is this personal, intimate thing that happens between a person and God, right? We understand this Um, communication, communion with God. And it happens with words, it happens silently. Um, Even in Psalm 42, it's from deep to deep, right? These are the things that are personal, but we also recognize that prayer is corporate. Prayer is something we do together as a whole. So when we all read the same words, or when we all pray the same request, like one person might be praying, but I'm praying in my mind and my soul, um, there's something beautiful about corporate prayer because when you in prayer as a group are reading the words, there's going to be times when you're like, do not have the faith to say those words. And you know what? The group carries you. And there's going to be other times when you feel those words, you feel the depth and the emotion of them, and you are going to speak those with this depth of place. And you know what? In that, you are carrying someone else. This is the beauty of corporate prayer. So here's the question is we are dialing up God, right? Prayer. Hey, dialing up God to talk, to commune. The question is, where is your God? Who's on the other end? Let's look at Psalm 42. Just the first three verses says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Right? Beautiful image. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Here's an interesting turn. It makes the context. My tears have been my food day and night. What kind of emotional state are you in when your tears are your food day and night? While people say to me all day long, where is your God? 
I think praying the Psalms is one of the beautiful things because the Psalms are the prayers of the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, the Israel people of God, right? It's their prayer book. And right here, Psalm 42 is this great one of, wow, tears are my food day and night. I'm in this place. And people are saying to me, where is your God? Now, it's actually repeated again, and so we know that this is coming with a bit of a taunt, right? It's, it's a, a taunt of, where is your God? You know, a power struggle. Like, where's your God? You look at the problems you have. Where's your God? Isn't he going to come and take care of you? So that's a taunt side. But there's also maybe a flip side of that in the personal, which is a reminder. In asking the question, where is your God? It's a reminder. Oh, my God is on the throne of the universe in control. Oh, my God is present and here. My God is listening and ready to be with me. So there's a reminder that I think is important. And where is your God? You know, as we begin this series on prayer, a lot of series of church, you can just be like, oh, yeah, those are nice things. You know, even Sermon on the Mount, like, yes, good cheek teachings, Jesus. Yay. But when we turn into prayer, it becomes more personal. Right? You can ride with the corporate and the group. But the question is, when you are dialing up God, what's on the other end? Who is there? And so this is Psalm 42. And in verse 5 and actually verse 11, there's a repeated refrain that says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So the reality is, who is out there? Where is your God is the question. We get downcast. We get disturbed, right? That is just the truth, the reality, to identify and then to be reminded, put your hope in God, right? This is our theme of prayer, putting our hope in God. We don't get to see God. We don't get to hear back in a direct, audible way. But is God out there? And this psalm was written before Jesus, but Jesus came to this earth and changed the way we get to interact with God. There's this beautiful change that now Jesus has said, hey, there was a brokenness, a separation between you and God, people and God, but I'm going to remove the debt and the, the, the separation of sin. I'm going to forgive that. The cross paved this way of forgiveness. It also opened the door of, of connection, of relationship. So when we come to prayer, it's not just these good ideas and felt need like self-help, but prayer is truly turning to God, turning our attention to God and communing with God. So the question as we set out is, where is your God? And now, to turn to our prayers of the people and to try it out for today. I will read the leader part, which will be in uh, lighter print, and then invite you to speak out loud the bold print as the congregation. Often it is, Lord, have mercy, and then at the end it changes um, to another one. So you have to pay attention at the end, but most of them are, Lord, have mercy. So try to be in a space where you hear the words that I say and read them on the screen, and then speak those words from your heart. 
Also, there's a spot, there's a blank. And today I'm going to hold it blank. But the blank is where we take these prayers that you have written down and we pull them out and we read them. Okay? So that will start next week. If you'll join me, simply folding your hands, feet on the floor, because that is a prayer posture that is about distraction. (laughs) With all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above, from the loving kindness of God, and for the salvation of our souls, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the world and for the welfare of the Holy Church of God, and for the unity of all peoples, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For our bishop, for all the clergy and people, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For our president, for the leaders of the nations, and for all in authority, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For this city, Denver, and all surrounding cities, for every city and community, and for those who live in them, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. And for seasonable weather, And for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the good earth which God has given us, and for the wisdom and will to conserve it, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who travel on land, on water, or in the air, or through outer space, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the aged and infirm, For the widowed and orphans, for the sick and the suffering, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Four. We can just hold that space in silence as you put in the names and the things that are on your list. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for prisoners and captives, for all who remember and care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who have died in the hope of the resurrection, and for all the departed, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For deliverance from danger, violence, oppression, and degradation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the absolution and remission of our sins and offenses, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may end our lives in faith and hope, without suffering, without reproach, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Defend us, deliver us, and in thy compassion protect us, O Lord, by thy grace. Lord, have mercy. In the communion of Platt Park Church and all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another in all our life to Christ our God. To thee, O Lord, sorry, to thee, O Lord, our God. And we break for silence, and then Charlie can begin our communion song.